The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend watching the movie beforehand, but hey, that isn't your bag? No worries. You do you. Brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation, because we like to pay it forward by giving back. Enjoy the show. Notes today. Yes, me too. <laughs> like I've never yeah, so done that before. It's weird. Introducing it um, under the our continued promise that this is going to be a podcast. I finally made Sam watch one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> actually the first John Carpenter movie I've ever seen. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I've never seen uh, Escape from New York. I've never seen The Thing. I've never seen uh, I wrote a bunch of them down. Uh, What was the other one? They Live. I haven't seen that either. Well, the uh, thing has to be the next one because it's the exact opposite of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Kurt Russell, and it's also with your future effects, and it's the scariest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and. I also, I checked to make sure this is only, I think, the second movie I've ever seen with Kurt Russell in it. The first one being Death Proof. So, I know I'm... Tombstone? You might have, but it was long enough ago that I don't remember anything about watching it. Okay. Well, we should do that on some point, too. Okay. uh, That's my other favorite Kurt Russell movie. Really more of a Val Kilmer movie, but he's in it. Yeah. Um, But sorry, go on. Because I thought it was the first time I wanted to hear what you think of it. Okay, so, um... Right. I, I don't know if you want to go through the through the whole movie uh, blow by blow or if you want to just kind of get an overarching idea of everything first. Let's, let's do both. We'll first give overall impressions and then I've got, I've got the 
script memorized. <laughs> <laughs> That's good because I I I watched the movie for the first time about I started it about three hours ago. Oh, so wow. yeah, so I, I don't remember a lot of like the script and everything, but I don't remember all of the different scenes and the correct order and everything, but I have notes that I took because I never take notes ever for this kind of stuff. And I did this time because I didn't want to sound like a complete klutz the entire time. Okay, so um, the first thing I kind of noticed about this movie was that At at first, I kind of, I was kind of a little hesitant because it it felt like it was just going to be like a, it's going to be like an action scene and then an exposition scene and an action scene and an exposition scene. But after a while, I just realized, oh, this movie's not taking itself seriously. And it's from the 80s, and I should stop caring about that. So I did, and I found myself enjoying it a lot more after that. Yeah, the first thing I noticed was the soundtrack. Because this... This freaking soundtrack... It, It is... It is the epitome of an 80s movie soundtrack. Yeah, well, it was, it was scored by John Carpenter. Like, yeah. There's no... There's no sound guy. <laughs> it's just a keyboard with a filmmaker like, fuck you, studio. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, okay, I, I don't want to skip around too much, but the end credits theme song? Freaking glorious. Yeah. The 80s <laughs> song that is the title of the movie. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> that was pretty great. The second thing about it is that I, I feel I unless unless the 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 characters in the movie were just kind of spewing random stuff, I I felt exactly like Kurt Russell's character throughout the entire movie, and that I know absolutely. Nothing about Chinese mythology, and it's like, okay, I'm utterly lost. I don't know if these guys, if this is actual Chinese mythology, or if it's just stuff that that the characters are making up. But if it's actual Chinese mythology, I want to. F- I want to start studying Chinese mythology because yeah, it was fascinating. fascinating. It's rad. 
bad. Yeah, because it was fascinating. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I wish I knew if this was real and what these guys are talking about. But it was cool. I honestly have no idea. I know the first emperor of China they mentioned in some of the stories is quasi-deified, or at least mentioned a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. But that's the beginning and end of how much of this I could verify. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean those are those are the kinds of things that the things that sort of overall stuck out for me. I have some other bits that we can talk about when we get to those bits in the in the actual movie discussion. Uh, but yeah, those are the things that I like the main things that I took away. Is that I I enjoyed it when I kind of stopped trying to analyze the film as as like oh as like a, a, a as a reviewer in the 21st century and just <laughs> sort of sat down to enjoy it and uh, I am woefully um, unknowledgeable about uh, Chinese mythology and I feel kind of uh, uncultured now after that well I'll okay I'll give a little bit of background for this movie Big Trouble Little China was produced in 1986 so it's about as old as we are I think yeah. IMDB gives it a 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes has an 82%. And it is 4.5 out of 5 stars on Amazon. So it's pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was really unpopular when it came out. Or actually, I don't know if it was unpopular. It was not widely uh, viewed when it came out. It didn't do that well financially. And it was a little bit rushed because the studio apparently got wind that The Golden Child was coming out later that same year. Mm -hmm. The Golden Child, have you seen that one? Uh, No, I haven't. But I, I've heard of it. Is that that's the one with Eddie Murphy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. But I, I've heard of it. I think it's a good example of how wrong you can go um, <laughs> with bringing small uh, Asian mythological elements into your. Movie, but it was the same sort of thing where you know this American who's funny diving headfirst into like ancient Chinese 
mythology war. I don't know if Cold Child's Chinese, but I'm in Tibet or something. But it's something like that. <laughs> so they kind of rushed to finish this one. Uh, and we went through a couple rewrites. It was originally supposed to be a western. Her Russell character was a cowboy who came into Little Chinatown and was doing all that stuff. So um, you mean like you mean like it was it was based in the old West or Yeah, it was it was supposed to take place in like eighteen eighty or something. Oh. And Jack Burton, who might not have been named Jack Burton, I don't know, was, I mean, a cowboy. That's why it makes a lot of sense for you watching him with that knowledge, because he comes into town driving a herd of pigs. Um, <laughs> he's doing it in a truck. <laughs> his truck is delivering and you know he has all these gun battles and there's showdowns and he carries a pistol around all the time except in this version he just finds one that he carries around the whole time so you know it's <laughs> the elements shine through a little bit hmm. although I actually like I think I liked it better as a modern one anyway, because as a Western woman, sort of one more layer of stuff that separates it from familiarity. Yeah, that, actually that was another thing that I really, actually, I really enjoyed about it was just kind of the... The blending of mythology and magic with in a modern day setting. I I don't know why, but I just I really like that concept, and it's something that we might have to explore in other avenues of life, like in like an RPG setting or something, because I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I like the, um, because it starts, for the first 20 minutes, it, it's, it's n normal? Normal. Yeah. I mean, it's... Plausible. Yeah, um, there you go. Uh, and then they just sort of ramp up the weirdness and keep ramping it up. Where you're like, okay, so we've got you on board with weird thematic Chinese gangsters. Well, okay, now what about <laughs> telekinetic guys? Like, okay, you're on board with that. Now there's a fucking ghost. Like, oh, got you? Fuck you, I monster. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible chupacabra thing, or whatever yeah. that. I don't even know what that was, but that was terrifying. 
It's like sucks me if you watch that movie. This is war. <laughs> 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 Uh, and then at the end of it, when they sort of come back out of it, and then there's they're running the right call these monsters, and there's a red light and half stops, and we uh, don't see the red light. Yeah. I love that. It's like, oh, now we're back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they just. Very smooth movie. It was, um, it reminded me of the Goonies like that. Did you ever see that one? I, I did, but not at the age, not where I would, not where it would have been age appropriate and I would have enjoyed it. But then again, then again, maybe if I watched it again. It, with with the similar kind of mindset that I did with this one, I would probably enjoy it more. Well, I mean, the, it's not super similar. It's, it has the same thing where it starts pretty mundane. They go into a cave and then shit in the cave can be as weird as it wants because they're eventually going to come back out again and it'll be normal again. Yeah, I know. I was, I think I was, I think when I watched it, it was maybe, it was maybe like five years ago when I watched it for the first time. So I, I, so I didn't, I didn't see it when I was a kid. So I didn't really get to experience uh, the whole, the whole thing of you know the camaraderie of a group of friends who might be, who might be hanging out together for the last time and all that kind of thing and the exploration and everything. So. Yeah. Excitement of sneaking out of your parents' house when you haven't lived with your parents for like five years. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't really connect with me as much as I think it would have someone else uh, who watched it for the first time back in the late 80s, early 90s. But I would imagine that five years ago, I was a lot more jaded as far as movies and that sort of thing are concerned. Like, I was probably a lot more snobby when it comes to the kinds of content that that movies from the 80s created. Whereas now I think I would probably have a lot more open mind, a lot bigger of an open mind. So I would very much consider watching it again just because I am kind of curious um, what it would be like. So I I I might give it another shot. So what... What changed? Did you like see some movies you liked a lot and 
I think I was I think I was just a lot more stuck up about um, about how movies were back uh, 20 years prior to that um, I don't know I just I, I guess I was just kind of I don't know but uh, it definitely I think I've definitely changed with just kind of my tastes and a lot of things have changed and I kind of enjoy uh, not necessarily overthinking a lot of a lot of things as far as like movies and, and music and that sort of thing are concerned if, if it's if it's something that's just enjoyable then I'll just watch it for for in, for enjoyment like uh, like we had the Super Mario Brothers like I didn't I didn't stop to think about it and think, oh, this scene is implausible. Oh, this character is, this dialogue is awful or whatever. I just thought, oh, this is just a fun movie. And I think that's nice. what's kind of changed uh, with me over the last few years at least. So... I'm happy that I've done that, and uh, it's allowed me to enjoy a lot more movies than I would have previously, so I'm happy for that. Oh, cool, and I, I don't know if I got just your, your straight vein. Do you like this one? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I mean, well, okay, like I said, at first I was like, oh, okay, so they did, like, an action scene, you know, and then they had the, the gang fight scene, and then they, uh, they had this big exposition scene at the, at the, um, at the Chinese, at the, the restaurant, and then they had another action scene and other exhibition scene and I was thinking okay well that's pretty heavy handed storytelling but then I thought you know what I'm just not gonna think about that and I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy the movie because it's obviously not taking itself seriously so why should I take it super seriously? And I was like, okay, it's much better now. Yeah, I think I, um, did you notice how the characters introduced themselves by their job and what they could do, like, when they first show up for the audience? <laughs> Like, hi, I'm Gracie Law, local attorney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was... This yeah. Is he's made her to hit my restaurant, also a friend of mine. <laughs> hi, I'm Eddie. So 
This this movie does not dabble much in subtlety, but that's okay. No, it was it, it helped the pacing. It was just run. Got him. Got him. We got it. Yeah. It, I, yeah. Actually, when you when you mentioned that the movie was apparently rushed to release, it did feel a little bit slapdash at times. Like I was feel it did feel like the pace was a little bit too quick at times, but eh, you know it's okay because uh, I I kept up with it well enough, and I didn't mind the fact that there wasn't really a lot of explaining going on, but that was okay because, like I said. It made me relate to Jack Burton a lot more than it probably would have had he understood what was going on the whole time. Yeah, because then he's already outside your own experience and can't be the uh, the lovably idiotic foil you need him to be. Exactly. So it was. So I, I actually, I'm, I'm kind of happy that it was, it would felt kind of rushed because that was kind of the point of the movie was that everything had had to be done really quickly. Like, I'm pretty sure the entire movie took place over the course of one night, right? Am I wrong? I think so, yeah. So, I mean, the entire movie took place over the course of, like, ten hours, which is ridiculously fast. Yeah, because pretty close to real time for most of it. Yeah, it felt like it. So, I mean, I, like I said, it felt a little rushed, but not in a bad way. So, I, I, like I said, overall, I did really enjoy this movie, and uh, I do want to watch some more uh, John Carpenter movies. I want to watch some more Kurt Russell films. And just kind of get a, get a feel for more 80s movies. Because I really didn't watch that much. Well, I mean, by the time I kind of understood what movies were, it was the 90s. And, well, you know, the 90s. So, um... Sure. So I didn't really get a lot of experience with 80s movies back then. So, I kind of want to get into that more, because we watch stuff like Flash Gordon, Crawl and those kinds of movies just a couple yeah. years ago, and those were freaking amazing. And I want to see more of those. So the 
Also, this one I think is is smarter than most, um, which I don't know that people often be fun when I say that, but the uh, especially during the eighties, where it's still a big trope, the uh, the white guy comes in and Chinese is better than the Chinese. Mm-hmm. thing um, yeah. you know the, uh, what have, uh, a man called horse uh, avatar last samurai last of Mohicans uh, all of those whatever that genre is yeah um, where they come in and then uh, are spare everything was big and still is big and I love how like Jack Burton thinks he's the main character <laughs> the posters think he's the main character and if you actually watch it he's clearly not the main character <laughs> he just he's the best yeah that's it's that is honestly one of my favorite parts about it is that he's trying to be this uh, like I I had no expectations coming into this movie because I had no idea what it was about and I was kind of thinking you know and the when the when the movie first started and they introduced us to um to Egg Shun, or whatever his name was, Egg Shen. I forget Shen. his name. Yeah. yeah. Egg Shen, and he's talking well, to a lawyer. His name was just Egg Fu Young, because that's the name of his tour company. It wasn't just me being like. <laughs> I was like, well, how can you name a character that? It's his tour bus company is called that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when when he when he when he's in the the when the when he's be first being introduced and then. He's talking to this lawyer, but this is the first scene of the movie uh, I'm just talking about anyway. Um, And by the way, I might as well say it now. Um, If you haven't seen the movie, there's obviously going to be a lot of spoilers ahead because we're going to be talking about the entire movie. So, you know... Just yeah, I, I know. This is the first one you've heard. Um, it's it's a thirty year old movie. Like, see it already. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, this is the thirtieth anniversary of it coming out. Yeah, no, I actually saw it. Um, I watched it again last night for the podcast, but I saw it uh, four or five months ago at the Crest Theater. They were doing a 30th anniversary uh, party. Because the guy, um, he's 
one of the main characters, but it's not me speaking ones, you, you know those three Raiden guys? Yeah. The one with long hair, the, the middle one who doesn't have fuse lines but isn't the main one? Yeah. Uh, lives in Sacramento and oh. was there at the crest and I got to meet him. I didn't have like a lot of questions for him so it didn't take too much of his time but he, he lives just down on uh, Land Park or something. Oh shit. Which, oh. Neat. Neat. Um, oh. He's like 60 at this point and still looks younger than me because <laughs> that's what being a martial arts master is. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, in the first scene when he's talking to the lawyer about all the things that all the events that had happened in the movie uh and then he he should and then he's talking about how magic is real and the lawyer's like yeah right you're full of crap and then he actually shows you know he he shows a bolt of lightning between his hands and he's like yeah, magic's real. And at that point, I was thinking, okay, so when Kurt Russell's character's introduced and he's going through all this stuff, I was thinking at some point, all right, so he's going to start learning to use magic and he's going to out-magic all the other people who are, you know, who've been magicians for the last 150 years. But no, he's a klutz and it's amazing. And that's what made me, that's what made me enjoy his character so much. So I, I appreciate that. Well, he, he, he rides that line really well, cause like, he's, he's a sidekick who thinks he's the main character, and the main character's Wang, and he's really good, but Jack Burton's not bad, like, he does more stuff than I could have. Yeah. He kills, like, nine guys and is super brave. He's just not as good. But I don't know, like, I've seen the comedic sidekick character, I've seen the the bloviating main character, and this is, it was, I thought it was perfect. The, uh, the in-between parody. Yeah, I, it was, it was definitely more enjoyable than, like, a a hyper-competent main character, and it was definitely, I think it was more realistic than just the goofy sidekick, but it was still, it, 
it it towed the line very well without kind of falling on to either side. So that was definitely a lot more uh, entertaining in general, I think, than it would be had he kind of decided to be the badass main character or the the really silly sidekick guy. So I I appreciated that about Kurt Russell's performance for sure. And and David Hong as is it David Hong? Shoot, I should double check that. Uh, um, what is his name down to? And I can't remember. I know James yeah. Hong. Sorry. Yeah. James Hong, David Lopan. That's what yeah. I said. But Lopan is a character, I think, made up specifically for this movie. I don't think he has too much basis in Chinese mythology. But he's my favorite, like, Dracula ass bad guy <laughs> <laughs> since Dracula I think like I love this guy I love I love James Hong I, it, and mm-hmm. I'll stop gushing over it but <laughs> David Lopan is the most memorable thing out of this movie for me yeah. So when I was a kid for the first time, I remember Low Pan. I didn't remember anything else until I saw it again. But Low Pan, the spooky Chinese sorcerer, was in my consciousness for a long time. That was oh, one of the other things that I really liked about this movie was, like, the costume design. Like, I'm not normally a guy who notices this kinds of stuff, but, like, Lopan's, um, his, not demon form, but his non, sort of, old crotchy human form had a freaking amazing costume with like the 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 headdress and everything it was it was pretty amazing the age makeup that scene where he glows Mm -hmm. That looked amazing! Like, that's better yeah. than modern CGI. It wasn't CGI, I think. It was a light bulb and a plastic head. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I... All of the practical um, special effects in this movie it really made me kind of harken back to to those days before CGI became so prevalent. I mean, it's it's CGI has definitely made a lot of strides over the last decade. But okay, to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of more recent movies, but 
my experience with more recent movies that have a lot of CGI in them is that it looks fake. Like, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot... A lot of it's just directions, like figuring out when to use it to enhance something versus when to use it instead of something. Yeah. Because, like, I think if you have something like in Revenge of the Sith or whatever, it's gonna be bad for another 20 years because you can't replace real things with CGI pretty much no matter how good it is yet. Mm-hmm. And you can use it to enhance little things. Yeah. John Carpenter, Big Trouble Little China, I don't actually know um, how so his special effects were as far as placement because I liked them all but you definitely didn't need most of them because like there's that glow thing who knows how long that took to set up but it was awesome and didn't need to be in it at all you know yeah or the eye monster was sweet, but also <laughs> never seen before, never seen after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like the, the centipede thing underground, like rad. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it, it was cool, and then it was dead four seconds later. It's like, oh. I was kind of expecting yeah. more out of it, but it's still cool. Characters didn't know what it was, which I loved. What? What was that? What was that? He's like, no, just move on, whatever. It's gone, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I lit it on fire, let's move on. Uh, okay. okay. So, yeah, is there, if I walk through the plot, I want to, um... Yeah, go for it. Let's go okay, for it. So, so... I took notes. Very first note. 80s lightning, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> enjoyed it as well um there were times when it felt a little bit much but that was mostly just when uh when that one riding character the lightning one uh when he 
it went, it just like when he entered and exited, it just felt a little bit much, but not like in a bad way. Because again, this is the big trouble in little China. It's not necessarily meant to be taken seriously, and it's okay to be over the top. But yeah, it was, I was I do enjoy the the painted on uh, lightning as well very much. Well, just like a lot of lightning effects, I think um, everyone underestimates how much voltage it takes to make electricity visible. <laughs> yeah. So when it's crackling all over the place and he's got enough electricity in himself to power a city, that's fine. He's a scary sorcerer. He can't also be casually shocking like the girl he's picking up to kidnap because she's dead several times. <laughs> Necessary. It, it sort of it it reveals earlier on that the stuff is real and gonna be crazy. Yeah. Which I think is it, it's a better reveal later on when they come out of an elevator and suddenly there's mummies and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Because it, it, it drops you right in the movie, but that scene in the beginning, a little bit for me, kind of ruins the surprise of 
Like, hold on, this is gonna get insane in like 40 minutes. <laughs> you know? Um, well, maybe, maybe, what if they had just not shown him using the lightning, showing the magic? If they had just, if they, if he had just kind of, if they had like zoomed in on his, on his face or something, instead of actually showing it, would that have been... I mean, it, it still did feel like kind of a... No, I mean, for me, it was just the the explicit reveal that magic was going to be real in this world was the problem. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that it wasn't gone back to as a... A book, and it was sort of wise to see here what the context of it. Yeah, um, yeah. If if it had been referred to at the end, it probably would have been a little bit. Uh, it would have been a nice uh, a nice callback to the beginning. But since it was just kind of there, it did feel a bit like a throwaway scene. But I didn't mind it too much. But then again, I've only seen the movie once, so... No, I mean, I love this movie, don't get me wrong. I just, uh... Having seen it a dozen times, probably? Um... Picking up on the few things that seem like it might have been executive meddling or could have been better edited or something, you know? I gotcha. Um, uh, but okay, so so there's that thing. It's not really going back to you. Introduce Jack Burton as he's recklessly blasting his big rig down. Uh, the road towards San Francisco while just bothering everyone on the radio. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, his live Twitch game the trucking company's CV uh, I, I would have thought he's live tweeting, basically, at well, that point. Live tweeting. From, you know, 25 years before Twitter was a thing. <laughs> he's just a shut He brings the piggies for everyone to eat. And he, he stays at not a saloon, but I think was supposed to be a saloon. <laughs> because as soon as he drops his pigs off at the, whatever, the street market, then he spends the night playing cards with a bunch of shady characters, but it's not cards, it's Mahjong, or it's... Oh, what's the... 
it's the kind of gambling I see only ever in movies. Because if you've ever been to a place where they have it in real life, but where you're betting on whether, like, dominoes come even or odd or something. Yeah, I have no idea, actually. I mean, I, I, I remember seeing it, but I, I have no idea what, it, what exactly it's called. So, uh, I'm in the dark on that one. Looks fun. But they're playing that with a bunch of shady guys. Um, I guess not actually shady guys, just the kind of guys who would hang out outside of a store and back and gamble all night, which, man. <laughs> but he has one friend who at first does seem kind of shady because he, like, he loses a bet and gets all angry and keeps trying to get it back and begged with threads and but then winds up being super virtuous for the rest of the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. So that lost me a little bit, but that's Wang and they're only hanging out together because Wang owes him money now because he lost gambling, which I love. <laughs> so they go to the airport, pick up one of his girlfriends, the guy at the airport pays him back, and airport security before 9-11 was very different. <laughs> Yeah, just based on her last name alone, I would have thought that too. But yeah, because a her name is Law, which I guess she's a lawyer. Maybe that's the only reason they did it. But all people I've known whose last name has been Law have been Chinese. Personal experience and. Later on in the movie, when she has green eyes, it's acting like this big, rare set thing. Mm-hmm. But green eyes and white people aren't that rare. Like, why it's super rare with, you know, Shin is because she's Chinese and green eyes and Chinese people barely ever happen or never happen. I'm not even sure. Yeah. So when Lopez like, oh, you have green eyes too. Like, yeah. So does the entire continent of like Ireland. <laughs> 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 but 
which I know is an incontinent. Like, don't write letters. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm fairly certain she was supposed to be a Chinese actress that just went with Kim Cattrall because they had her. It's not a point against the movie, but I wondered about that. It's like, wait, no, Lopan. Like, you live in the United States, you're not even in China, you could have traveled anywhere in the world, all you're looking for is green eyes. Come on, man. There's, yeah. there's a that everywhere else. Yeah, that felt a little odd, just in general, but we'll get to that later. Well, no, we already talked about it, so never mind, but yeah, you covered it pretty well. Okay, so, they're in the airport. First time I noticed Jack Burton's boots, which I can't unnoticed. <laughs> 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 Because there's 
a street gang fight between two street gangs, which I guess aren't the same street gang as the one that was in the airport, but are related somehow. That I'm still a little confused about. Because there's the Lords of Death, which are like the teenage punk looking street gang. And then the the Wing Chun? The Heroes are called? Uh I don't remember. I know which one I know there's I I don't remember exactly what they were called, but there's the Fighting Tom. They're the good guys. They're the ones that wear gold. And the Red Turbans are, I want to say Wing Chun, but I think that's wrong. Because hmm. I don't speak Chinese and I don't know what these words I'm parroting mean. <laughs> um, which is a problem. <laughs> oh, Chang Sing and Wing Kong. I think the Chang Sing were the were the ones with the funeral procession. I think. I thought they were the I, uh, there's Wing Kong. Wait, no. Hold on. Yeah. No, the, well, wait, okay. Lords of Death. A street fight between the Chang Sing and the Wing Kong. Two ancient Chinese societies. Oh. Okay. Alright. Uh. Yeah. And then. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just googled those two words, and the Chang Sings are a fighting tongue operating in around Chinatown. So fighting tongue means something. It's not the gang name. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I don't know any of these things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. See, this is, again, this is one of the reasons why even if it's uh, even if it's not necessarily, like, accurate, I would like to learn a lot more about, like, Chinese mythology and history and that sort of thing after watching this movie. Yeah, I think, I think that's just, like, real Chinese history, isn't it? Fighting Tong being a certain kind of gang or... I guess so. Uh, okay, so... Yellow turbans and red turbans, I'm gonna call them. So I don't mess it up and sound more racist than I obviously am. 
Uh, I think, okay, I think because the, the next, the next line in here talks about the, uh, the, 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 the three storms, you know, the three writing characters. Yeah. Um, Cause that's when the movie goes off the rails. Cause they land in the middle of the street fight, and are bulletproof and can do lightning. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it says that they they murdered the Chang Sing. So I guess the Chang Sing are the were the ones that were in the funeral procession. Okay. So let's let's go with that and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. No, that's and that's part of what I like about the storytelling movie so much is Jack doesn't know so we don't know mostly. Like, Wayne's being very patient and explaining a lot of stuff, but he can't explain everything because they're running for their lives. Yeah. Oh, there were a couple things about this particular scene that I, that kind of, that I noticed a bit more than I would have probably in other movies. At least this was back when I was being a bit more a bit more critical of the movie, which I stopped doing after maybe the second exposition scene. Um was that at least overall in this movie it felt like some of the the uh, the fight scenes were slower than I'm used to seeing in martial arts films. But then again, now that I think about it, most of the martial arts films that I've seen were not directed by um, American directors. So... I don't know. It might have been just the way they decided to do with the choreography or something, but not like in a bad way again, but it just felt like a little bit slower. The action felt a little bit slower and more deliberate and I guess sort of more realistic in a way. Just because it, it didn't feel like there weren't like a bunch of crazy, at least not at this point, there weren't like a bunch of crazy flips and 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 like all that kind of shit. It just felt like a straight up brutal gang fight. And that was actually kind of cool. I liked about it. Yeah, it was. It was a little more stilted than real motion is, but I think that was just to capture on film. Yeah. Like. Yeah. 
And yeah, that's pretty much every fight scene in every movie up to including big budget ones today is just people opening up a little bit more and holding in a position longer than would make sense if they weren't being filmed, but whatever. Yeah. Um, And the other thing about this scene is that, and then future scenes also reflect this, is how, I don't want to say bad, but the, like, the gun sound effects were so, they sounded really canned and kind of muffled, and I forgot that that's what guns used to sound like back in movies back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I forgot that everything sounded like a giant explosion all the time. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but again, it's like it's 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 okay. I don't like I said. I don't want to call it bad because it wasn't necessarily bad. It was just, I forgot that that's what guns sounded like back in the 80s in movies. It's a good good historical relic of uh, movie making in 86, I guess. Yeah. Okay, okay, so they run from that, they run over Lopan, but they don't actually run over because he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. And this is when the movie is like, okay, so it's not... We're not going to do a, a Death Wish 4 in Chinatown thing. This has nothing to do with uh, <laughs> what we thought it was going to be about. <laughs> so then... After the best fight scene ever. Oh, uh, no, I took. I love how, uh, Wang's dialogue to Jack Wolf was just fast! (laughs) 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 Which, that's all you need. Thanks for not wanting to see everyone's <laughs> And they go back to the Chinese restaurant. This is where Jack's on the phone with his insurance guy saying he pays, and I quote, I wrote this down because it's important later, he's paying six G's a year in premiums on his truck, which means he's paying $6,000 every year 
on insurance alone to keep on operating this business. Just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, they come in, it's me, Gracie Law, I'm a local whatever, <laughs> uh, and sort of explain really quickly what's going on, uh, in a way that's, I don't think realistic, but helpful for the audience because like Jack Burton there's no time to actually learn what's going on and there's no flashbacks in this movie yeah exactly um, <laughs> which is helpful that keeps me in the moment more I like there's no flashbacks I like there's no weird camera stuff where trying to show you a specific thing, it's just... No, you don't get to know. It's just been going out for 3,000 years, you're new. Um, <laughs> which I like. Uh, and I like how Jack's response to three different things is just, What? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have time to go back. <laughs> That's when they come up with a plan for Jackson to go try to buy back Wang's girlfriend by posing as a John in the brothel, which I guess this is a weird brothel where they sell you the prostitutes permanent-like. Um, okay. I, I I wasn't entirely sure what the plan was. I just thought he was. I just thought they were gonna. He was gonna like use her for the night, but then try to help her escape. But I I I wasn't entirely sure on the plan. So yeah, because. Because they were saying, you know, they need to save all the money to buy Ming Shen back. Meow, Meow Shen. Meow, sorry. I'm getting mixed up again. Buy back. Meow, yeah. Yeah. Ming Shen was someone else in a different movie entirely. (laughs) To buy Meow Yen back, but. I don't think that makes any sense because brothels where you go and you like pay whatever for half an hour and then leave, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe you do that. And maybe Sorry, it wasn't a brothel. Maybe it was like a. I, I don't remember if they specifically said it was a brothel or a, or something like that. But maybe it was like an auction kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but then it's full of creepy brothel rooms. Yeah. Uh, I don't and know. And when she goes in, 
And I love the, the Jackass and John disguise. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, I love that scene so much. Where he's just... <laughs> like, how are these creepy white businessmen nailed it? Yeah, just the the glasses, the slightly higher pitched nerdy voice, the jacket, just it was it was magnificent. It does that creepy like eyes mouth and I'm looking for yeah. something <laughs> That was great! Yeah. We are so gross. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I love that. And then all of a sudden lightning and the three better Raidens than Raiden from Mortal Kombat blast him again. <laughs> um, and, and the scene ends because no one can do anything because they're amazing. <laughs> uh, because they have the power of magic and everyone else does not. Yeah, and there's three of them, and one is plenty. Yeah. Um, But awesome media's lighting, and they come and do all that. They steal. So she's been kidnapped twice at this point, because she gets kidnapped from the airport. And then she gets kidnapped from the kidnappers. So I don't at this point know who the sides are. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm on board. But... Yeah, I think at this point the, um, whatever that first gang was, I can't remember their name now, the... Death Kids or something. What was their name? Lords of Death. Lords of Death. I think they're kind of unimportant at this point. Yeah, they were just they were just there to get Meow Yin to the point where she could get kidnapped by Lopan, and that was basically it, I think. But I don't know. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm also just shocked by how many kidnapping kings there are in this, like, six blocks radius. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, they, they go back to the restaurant again, and Margo, my favorite character, <laughs> uh, comes in. Well, she's been there actually, right? She was in the car with him. So that's where they meet hers. 
She's reporting. She's in her own car. She knows Gracie Locke. She's a reporter. Right. Oh, yeah, because she gives in to a dump on a really Dave Lopin. Dave Lopin, the guy who's this old that's here and does this for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, exactly. That was, that was like the, that was the exposition scene. That was the point where I thought, alright, this movie's definitely not trying to be realistic. Let's just enjoy yeah. it. That it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, at that point I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna stop trying to take this movie seriously, which I shouldn't have in the first place, I know. But I was trying to at least trying to think of it like as a semi-critically. But at that point I was like, okay, I'm um my brain is checking out. I'm just gonna enjoy this movie for what it is. And I'm happy I made that. Oh, yeah. You don't know at first that it's going to be going this way. Yeah. That's, that's how it gets you. Exactly. <laughs> okay, and then we see Terror for the second and last time in the movie. Who's the girl that... Gracie Laws picking him from the airport. Oh yeah. She's also there and then leaves and you never see her again. Uh-huh. <laughs> because whatever. <laughs> uh, which I would almost call sloppy, but like the the two kidnapping gangs and everything, and more to sort of helps to create this effect. There's a lot of stuff going on here, and you don't get to know all of it. Mm-hmm. Like, guy who's in town for a day. <laughs> yeah. So like that. Then they walk right into the base, because why was she not? Well, no, I, they, oh yeah, well, the, I mean, uh, yeah, Wang and Jack walk in, but they, they sort of, they walk in with the, the idea that they're, like, repairmen, I guess, or something. Yeah, but it's still definitely, like, walk right in the front door past the guards. Yeah. Uh... And then the other ones, Eddie, Margot, and uh, Gracie, also walk right in ten minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they freak out because they're thinking they've been in there too long. It's like, no, 
they've been in there five minutes. Give them a couple more minutes. Yeah. But then they still go in later anyway. Well, they brought... I forget, actually, at this point, they brought in Egg Shen, who's the other guy, along with uh, Victor Hong. No, Victor Wong, James Hong. God damn it. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring Egg Shen, who is played by Victor Wong, who along with James Hong were kind of the only two, like, when a movie from, like, the 60s to the 80s called for Chinese guys, they hired those two guys specifically no one else <laughs> it seems like have you seen them before because I've just noticed that back when I say back when we saw naive um they never gave roles to minorities unless it was a super had to be minority role. It seems like it went to Victor Wong or James Hong all the time because both these actors are also in uh, The Golden Child, which was the other one at the same time. Uh, both of them were in. Uh, help me out. Were they both in Last Emperor? They're both in something. I, um, I don't know for sure. I know... I mean, I remember James... I remember seeing James Hong in a bunch of other stuff, but I don't know... Vic, I actually don't know... I didn't recognize Victor Wong, strangely enough. Victor Wong, he was the... Uh, I know he was the uncle in Three Ninjas which for a very brief period um, when I was like 10 I thought wasn't a terrible movie <laughs> uh, sorry uh, it was the grandpa not the uncle by mistake yeah and uh, also Three Ninjas came out in 1992 so we were 10 at that point <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at his page right now. Yeah, Fanny okay. just came out in 1992, so we were like seven when that came out. Right, so, so I didn't give myself enough credit. I was young enough to be impressed by Three Ninjas when I was seven. There you uh, go. <laughs> but he was. He did Whitaker eyes before Forrest Whitaker did Whitaker eyes. And I think better. That's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to see more movies with him in it at this point, just because I'm kind of curious. 
he's I always love him. He's he kind of always plays the same character that I've seen. But I've only seen him in four or five. I just know he's been in hundreds. Um, this little guy's been Victor Wong, not Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, no, I actually doesn't look like Victor Wong was in that many movies. Cause he he didn't start acting. It, this is all according to Wikipedia, by what I'm looking at right now. He didn't start acting. He wasn't in a movie until 1985. So... He was in uh, a TV series from 1975 to 1976, though. Yeah. And, uh, but then he didn't do anything for another decade. And then Big Trouble in Little China was like the year after he started acting again. So. Okay, fair enough. Eh, I don't didn't know. use any bunch of things pretty rapidly, right? He was in. Yeah, yeah. Year of the Dragon, Dim Sum, Shanghai Express, Last Emperor, Prince of Darkness, Golden Child. Oh, yeah. He's in a bunch of things that I saw anyway. Oh, he's in Tremors. Okay, so maybe he's just in the sort of eighties movies that I liked. Possibly, I don't know, cause I, again, I don't, I don't remember seeing him in anything else. But then I got a, didn't I haven't really seen that many eighties movies and. I'm pretty sure I watched Three Ninjas back when it was out, but then again, I was seven. I don't remember anything about it, and I don't really feel like I need to go back and watch it again. Yeah, don't. I'm not saying you should do I'm always saying I, I recognize this guy because I had seen him in a bunch of things. I thought it was funny that Big Trouble, Little China, and Golden Child specifically, which were coming out the same year and both were about not white people, Eddie Murphy's not white, but American guys. <laughs> um, just diving into Chinese mysticism cast the same two guys yeah that is that as is. their only Chinese guys they were allowed to hire um, that's a pretty great coincidence honestly yeah it's you should also watch Golden Child but it's not good and I won't have kind of things to say about it but you know <laughs> <laughs> It does have a young um, Tywin Lannister and a claymation demon, which is pretty sweet. 
Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. So they they have broken in. Uh, not even broken. They've walked right in. And then they they get caught because the elevator is a trap. <laughs> Both groups get caught because the elevator is a trap. I just realized. Oh yeah, they did. There's a gas elevator trap and a water elevator trap, yep. but all the elevators are traps. Which I guess sort of makes sense, cause didn't didn't the the guy the one of the three I think it was called the three storms the guy who was. The guy with the power over wind or something, he took the second group into the elevator, or am I misremembering? No, no, that's right. Um, it's like ten minutes after the first group goes down, so... The first group goes down, and the elevator gets flooded with water. But then the doors open so they can swim out into like underwater chamber full of dead people. Or mm-hmm. they're, they're mummies or skeletons, like long dead people. Yeah. Which they swim back up out of because they're in the hell of the upside down centers, which is one of like seven hells that you mentioned in this. <laughs> So they get caught, and then they're being interrogated by a guy who's throwing balls at them. I don't even remember this part. Oh, he has like the red ball in his hand, and it just floats up and hits him in the gut. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that part where it looked like Jackbird got hit in the balls with one of those. Yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't entirely sure what was happening there. Anyway, so there, he beats up for a little while, then takes him to meet Lopan who is currently an old man in a wheelchair, not a seven-foot-tall ghost sorcerer. Um, oh, didn't... Wait, didn't... Didn't he... Didn't he, like, stop Jack from, like, from escaping by doing this weird thing where he inflated himself up? Or am I miss... Or is that from a different... That was... Cause no, it, no, that happened right after the scene. Cause there's okay. Because there's the long-haired um, storm. Uh, they have these, but I don't remember which one's which is the problem. Oh, right, right, right. There's like thunder, lightning, and wind or something. Uh, what was it? 
I saw it over here. It was there was th- thunder was was the the guy who comes up later, and then lightning is lightning, and then the other one was rain. Oh, rain. Okay. Yeah. But none of them had rain powers. Well. I mean, cool lightning is pretty obvious, but then the other two, one has swelling up powers and one has just being rad powers. Well, no, because there were a couple scenes when, like, when, when, they, when they first come down to, to kidnap Meow again, and there's the they cave in the ceiling and then there's all this rain that comes up and that's when rain descends and then there's the lightning all the all the lightning effects from lightning so he does actually have powers over rain it's just they don't he doesn't use it in combat because he never indoors like yeah because he can't but then again that does make sense why their first elevator was uh, was flooded because it was probably it was Rain's job to take care of them I guess yeah they were with Rain though True. I guess he's the one that catches them when they come out of the thing. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I so, want rain powers. That's way better. Yeah, I know, right? Like, 80s lightning is sweet. What if I just always make it rain when it seems a little dry out? Yeah, that'd be pretty great. Get that smell, the petrichor smell all the time. Like, what do you use? If you if you're depressed in the rain, you shouldn't live there. That's all. Never dehydrated. That's all I do. for this is why it reminds me so of Dracula. Sometimes he's an old man, he doesn't have enough life force or whatever. And then sometimes he's not. And I don't understand but that's okay, I don't need to. And he he just says that he needs these this green eyed girl so he can have a body again that's not an old man. Yeah. Because he's physical when he's an old man, yeah? Yeah. He can touch people and stuff. Yeah, Um, yeah. Corporeal and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then he's talking about that whole thing like he's a king, he's a warrior, he's in tune with this old man's body. It's like, it's sad. Aging is sad. I don't quite understand the nature of his curse because he's not always a ghost. He's an old man or a ghost. 
He's not once before that as just like a homeless guy washing in the alleyway, right? I don't even remember that part. Shit. Yeah, they were driving the truck in. Lopez also there just observing. I remember that because the very first time I saw it, I thought that he was a good guy. He was going to be one of those sort of cloaked masters like Yoda who acts like he's not great until he is. But it yeah. turns out uh, he's bad guys spying on people with his shape-shifting powers. Fair enough. Um, yeah. But I don't quite know the nature of his curse because he keeps having a body for a guy who doesn't have a body. Well, it, was, uh, it had something to do with... Um, he was cursed like 2,000 years ago or something. Um by one of the the god of the west I think I want to say but it was either west or east yeah Yeah. Um, so I guess he was just cursed to I don't know if he was he might have been a demon or something I can't remember I see again this is one of those things where it's like I, I didn't I didn't entirely follow the plot, but uh, I think that was sort of the point. They gave explanations that didn't make any sense on purpose, I think. They said, you know, everyone's balanced between positive and negative energy. He's out of balance, so his body and soul have been atomized and he doesn't have a body or he's being of low flesh because he said both of those Um, and that can mean literally anything (laughs) yeah but but I thought he needed to because when he's the, the seven foot tall sorcerer he doesn't have a body, he desperately wants a body back, which is why he has trouble pushing Neil into people later on, and why he can't interact with his, his roofied, floating bride, because he wants to touch her, his hands go right through and stuff. But then... He can't touch people he's an old man, but he doesn't want to be an old man, so he's been aging for 2,000 years, or I don't even know what. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm going back again to Wikipedia, and I don't like to necessarily always use this as my reference, but right. it sort of explains it. Because it says, okay, it says, Centuries ago, Lopan, a great warrior, an even greater wizard, uh, was defeated in battle by the first first sovereign emperor, Qin Shi Huang. I apologize for my pronunciation. 
the Emperor placed Lopan upon the curse of no flesh. Although Lopan can be temporarily granted a decrepit body by suppl uh, supplication to the gods, or uh, so gods in order for him to permanently break the curse and regain his human form, he must marry a woman with green eyes. So, okay, so he can, he can temporarily assume the decrepit, the old form upon with supplication to the gods. So that's, I guess that's what, that's how it works. Okay. I guess. Well, that doesn't sound like that had a curse, honestly. Um, he, I mean, it probably occurs off screen or something, because I know that whenever we see him in his in his corporeal form, uh, we don't necessarily see him before that, you know. Trying to trying to uh, trying to achieve that form, but we do see him trans trans not transmogrify, uh, transform whatever you want to call it back into his ghost form. We've seen that we saw it a couple times at least. I think. Yeah, well, that's for the sweet glowy sound effect comes in, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we we get his backstory kind of. I didn't understand it so much. But he explains it to them. And then they're taken to a round room in the wheelchairs. Yeah. Uh, and so at this point... The, the others also walk right in, are led onto an elevator, and get gassed instead of flooded. <laughs> but exactly the same thing happens. Wang talks to Jack for a little while about Chinese and legends and stuff, and then the big guy, is that Thunder? Yeah. Yeah. Brings Eddie in, who's just been knocked out, so everyone's together again, or all the guys are together again, and the women are off somewhere else. And then they break out because they had already broken out because it was pretty easy to break out of the wheelchairs. Yeah. And there's this sweet scene where they roll down the thing. He's going to fall into the thing. That's actually pretty stressful. That was cool. Broken ghost transforms. They're trying to escape, and 
jack shoots a dude and acts like he already has. <laughs> but he obviously hasn't. Yeah, and I guess the other two have? Because Eddie doesn't seem like he got his shot about three people, but I guess he has. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I guess they're... Um, then they go rescue the girls, where there's two guards who are women, so they each go down in one hit, which is ridiculous. Did <laughs> <laughs> you notice that? They're like... Like yeah. the have sticks and stuff, they can't hurt these guys, and these guys hit them once to just die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe I just noticed because it was one-on-one for a change, and I guess a lot of the bad guys just died in one hit, but it seemed egregious. I don't know. <laughs> they all dive into water that is just there and go through the pipes. That was actually kind of cool, but I don't know why the bad guys didn't follow them through the pipes. Yeah, because, I, I mean, they, they follow them. Oh, wait, that reminds me. There was one of my favorite scenes uh, right before they actually had to go dive in the water. Because um, there was, or no, maybe this was afterwards. Shit, I can't remember if this was before or after it. But go ahead, go ahead. Because there was a point where they, they come up to... Um, they find like uh, they find like a door, or they. I guess this might be afterwards. Actually, that this might be after that. Actually, never mind. Never mind. Let's keep going. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm, I don't necessarily need to walk us through the entire thing in order. I just happened because you know whatever. That's okay. Uh, no, let's, let's go ahead. But they come out of the water, and there's the fight where Jack finally realizes he's not the main character. (laughs) Which I love, because all these guys break in the door, he shoots like six of them, which is great. That's a great contribution. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, this, this is, this is my, this is one of my favorite scenes, actually, was, was when they were going up to that door, they, you know, like, they, they see the bus outside, and then he opens the door, and there are, like, 30 guards, and he's, like, immediately shuts the door, and he's, like, shit. Yeah, but then he, he does think pretty fast. He's like, everyone hide, they only saw me. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not sure I would have thought to do, so fair enough. Yeah, um, no, it was... In, he has an Uzi, so he shoots like six of them. 
but the rest will come in and they're gonna fight in person. In person. Uh, they're gonna fight hand <laughs> hand. <laughs> yeah. But Wang does it all because Jack is still trying to get the knife out of his Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Jack walks off to the side, tries to get his knife out of his boot, and by the point, by the time he actually gets that and has another clip in the Uzi, Wang has knocked out 12 more guards. Yeah, which is just Kurt Russell. I had a book on his face, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Wang, like, I like Wang. He's 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 becoming less and less of a character and more and more of a sort of one-dimensional good guy at this point, which is a little too bad. Yeah. Because I, I like he's the character Jack Russell, or the Jack Russell. The <laughs> <laughs> um, her Russell, Jack Burton. There you go. Is not, but I liked Wang better in the very beginning of the movie where he's the sort of smarmy, sort of sarcastic guy. Yeah. As a person to have on the screen just talking. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely he, he felt he felt a bit more fleshed out in the early going and he just kinda turned into a slightly more generic kind of martial arts master for the second half of the movie, which is yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's fine. It's just that he's he's very earnest and doesn't say any unkind things. Sam is a badass, and that can be a character. But it was more interesting when he was shady and ambiguously kind of a badass. But you never know. Yeah. The, the rope thing. I don't know. And you could have gone either way. It was a little weird to me that he shifted from one to the other. Well, whatever. Okay. Uh, so they all escape, except Yeti! Fuck you! <laughs> 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 it's, it's 
it's actually that out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> obviously aren't but the rest of it is because <laughs> like yeah, six it's... windows get shot out <laughs> yeah the, the, a lot of things stop bolts in this movie yeah um, although the water I think is actually how it's supposed to go right like when they all dive underwater and no one can shoot them I think that actually does happen in movies Possibly, because I, I don't I don't know I I'm not sure how much uh, resistance water has as far as like slowing down bullets, but it definitely feels like it would slow it down to the point where it wouldn't necessarily be lethal. But I don't yeah, know. I've seen... Because I always used to think that was a weird movie thing where, like, it's a bullet. It should still kill you after, like, four feet of water. But I've watched a bunch of those science shows like Mythbusters. Uh, I hesitate to call Deadliest Warrior Science Show, but it does <laughs> some science... Yes, pantomiming. It does. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, to get... Uh, to stop a bullet and look at what a certain thing did to a bullet, they shoot into, like, a fish tank. And it has lost enough inertia to break the glass on the other side, usually. Yeah. Which is weird, but that's apparently a real thing. Not being able to shoot through the side of a bus, I think, is not. So it seems like heroic escape like that could have almost been the movie, except. A, they grabbed Kimchi Trail, and B, in retrospect, they achieved zero of their objectives. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they rescued a bunch of other people, but they did not find Jack's truck, and they did not rescue Meow Yen. Yeah. So they posse up and go back. <laughs> Just go back to the restaurant, get more guys, and go back. Yeah, they got more guys from the Chang Sing, I think. Yeah. Which actually, like, that makes a lot of sense. Movies don't usually do that. Like, yeah. We got our asses kicked, so this time, there's 15 of us so right. <laughs> like, right. uh, 
Meanwhile, Lil' Patton reveals that he's gonna keep Kim control too because she has green eyes, which is again like a lot of people have green eyes. (laughs) 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 If they don't need to be Chinese, just everyone—it's fine. Yeah, I, I know. No, I know. I know. I know. I was thinking the same thing, but I was thinking the same thing, but at that point I was like, alright, whatever. I don't care. I'll accept the movie for what it is. I don't care. Plus, if you look real close, she's clearly wearing contacts. You can just buy contacts. <laughs> I mean, they're both wearing contacts. Like, I don't know if she noticed the slow pan. Oh, that's probably this weird kung fu Charles dance scene, which uh, I don't know. Oh, right, that part. Right. I think that was supposed to be part of the ceremony or something. The wedding ceremony? Maybe? Well, it's... Because doing the, the ritual of the burning blade, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, which involves... First... The, the three storms dancing. Which was interesting. Mm-hmm. But weird. <laughs> and then... They have to hold on to swords, which, like, trade secret about swords and all bladed objects, if they're not being drawn across something, you don't just lose fingers on them. Like, an edge has to have some friction to its, like, Everyone can hang off a sword if you get to grab it when it's not moving really tightly and whatever, but that's a ritual. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I've yet to see a blade so sharp that it will just cut through something that is pressed gently against it. <laughs> but, unless that thing is like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they turn on this light bulb on the ceiling that means he can marry both of them. <laughs> <laughs> This part is the only part I still don't get and seemed a little out of nowhere. 
I think he was trying to determine which if which one of them, if either or both, would be uh, suitable for him to marry, so he could break the curse. I, I guess. What of that was supposed to be for? I didn't get how any of that was being determined. Uh, uh, ancient Chinese secret? I don't know. <laughs> that was just this. It's fine. The ritual was, was insufficiently weird for me to sort of buy that it was doing something it doesn't show, but insufficiently mundane for me to just say, oh, that's what they're doing. So it's sort of weird colloids on I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> there you go. But that's fine, because they're in a weird trance. He's like magic roofing them. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I, I didn't entirely figure that out until a bit later. I was like, why are they just going along with this? Okay, I guess he must have put them in a trance or something, so. Yeah. Well, and just doesn't say anything for like most of the movie, but then. Gracie Law keeps breaking out of it and then going back under. Yeah. It's, uh, which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. But it's <laughs> weird. Uh, like she seems resistant to it, but never resists at an opportune time. Um, yeah. And we cut back to our gang, which is going through this awesome underground cave set, yeah. which is what reminds me the most of the Goonies. Because <laughs> um, it also reminds me a little bit of a little bit of moral combat and whole like whatever the floor's covered in dry ice whatever it's fine <laughs> um, but, and then a giant centipede monster from dark crystal comes out of nowhere you know what also labyrinth that's all the movies that's all the movies <laughs> <laughs> These are all movies I haven't seen and probably should at some point. Uh, you know, Labyrinth was great when I was a kid, but does not age well. Oh. Uh, you might have missed the boat on Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> 
you should see it, don't get me wrong, but you won't think it's great. You'll think it's an interesting artifact to me. <laughs> it's okay, I mean, I feel like a lot, well not a lot, but I feel like a fair number of movies from that time are just that and they like a lot of them won't hold up at this point anyway but I'm willing to take that risk no I did and there's still David Bowie's Jareth which is still gonna be fantastic <laughs> also would have fit in pretty well in this movie, come to think of it. Yeah. Um, Actually, there. Oh, sorry. I I don't mean to go all the way back to to like when they were first in um, in Lopan's tower or whatever it is. I go for it. There were a couple of points, like when they were, when they were traveling, when they were traversing a couple of different floors, where it almost felt like this is sort of, a, it, it felt like this could have almost been like a video game, which was weird to me, because I didn't think that going in, and it's like, it just it felt like there were there were scenes that could translate well to like a like like a sort of game thing like when they were um, whenever they were going down a floor and they were fighting bad guys and and then also going through the caves and fighting the giant centipede monster and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's that it just it just it just kind of sprung to mind a couple of times that oh these would be really cool scenes to play out. Like it, I mean, well, I would I would play the shit out of this video game. <laughs> um, there's a um. So I, I was listening to, actually this was a couple of months ago, I wasn't listening to other podcasts on this movie in prep for this one, because I don't want to accidentally rip anyone off, which I'm sure I do anyway, but a couple months back when I watched it at the Crest, I was listening to podcasts other people have done on this movie and the guy on John Hates Movies which I don't mean to plug competitors but they're, they're pretty okay um, <laughs> decided that this script was actually a Dungeons and Dragons game that had gone completely off the rails <laughs> <laughs> the, 
Lang was supposed to be the main character, but the Jack Burton was played by the guy who's playing for the first time. Doesn't quite get how the rules are supposed to work. <laughs> They're attacked by random monsters, and then he kills the final boss, a level 20 sorcerer. Way soon he's supposed to just because they don't have much HP and he rolls nat. <laughs> Which frustrates DM so much that he kills him off screen with a Yeti. <laughs> before the whole idea of having like uh, mythology and magic in a modern setting actually is utterly fascinating to me as far as a potential setting for like a tabletop RPG is concerned so it's odd that I even mentioned that and then that was entire thesis behind another person's um, idea behind this movie. So... There's a lot of settings like that. I think that's what Shadowrun is about. Yeah, that's true. I played in... uh, Do you know Darren? Uh, I think so. So played, he, he was doing a, a modern arcana game one time that I enjoyed a lot, but everyone was playing like so-and-so was the rad paranormal detective and so-and-so was the sexy, like, incubus vampire and so-and-so was going to be a werewolf biker. I was like, I want to be a goddamn fairy. <laughs> so, <laughs> just to offset everyone else being too cool. <laughs> so, I was a six inch tall, specifically blue fairy who would disguise himself in outfits he made by gutting Beanie Babies <laughs> so he could hide anywhere where there might be toys <laughs> and spy on people. Oh my god. <laughs> and it was pretty great. I think I ruined that game. But <laughs> a lot of fun. He had a scalpel he uses a glaive and one point damage at a time but can make things bleed. 
They break out the wedding in this sweet neon chapel, which I think was just a set they made. Oh, okay. They all drink the potion and throw in a random nod to the troops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. Navy <laughs> I think they even reference the fact that it is from the U.S. Navy. Yeah, but like, was that? Um, I'll save one with the wings of liberty never lose a factor. Like, <laughs> just a set they built and it's rad um and it's too bad they demolished it by the end of the fight there's <laughs> <laughs> a big fight between everyone including the the magical like Game Boy versus Thumb Wrestling versus like Rock'em Sock'em Robots versus Pokemon kind of thing that Agen Lopan are doing. Oh yeah. Well okay, wait, this Right before this is my other favorite scene, uh, or at least my other, my favorite funny scene, um, when, when Lopan is, is first, um, when, when he finally notices that, uh, Jack and Wang and Eggshen and all of them have have shown up to disrupt the the wedding ceremony, and then and Jack, you know, he gets he gets this like he gets he get tries to be the the badass and uh, lets everyone know that he's the cool guy and he shoots his gun into the air. And then he knocks off a slab of rock and it falls on his head and knocks him out for the first half of the fight. That was so goddamn funny. Yeah, of course. 
and it knocks off a rock and hits him in the head. It was so freaking great. And it just it exemplified the character just perfectly in that one moment. Well, yeah, but then they, they fully leaned into the Jack is not the main character to settle down. Oh, yeah. But it was... And I, I also, I, I love the fact that uh, while everyone else was just fighting these dozens of other uh, dozens of other bad guys uh, Jack is fighting this one guy in armor for the entire fight <laughs> and he's well, he kills him right off the bat right he's just stuck under his body oh I didn't realize he was dead I thought the, I thought the other guy was like they were like, it was sort of like a, a test of strength or something. Like I didn't realize the other, no. the other, he was just dead and he was trying to get just, <laughs> He just died in 200 pounds of armor and can't take it Okay, that makes it even better. <laughs> He's just stuck with his knees against his shoulders like ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> <Worst>. <laughs> meanwhile like egg is fighting low pan kills 30 guys with a grenade or something <laughs> and bang Kills thunder? No. Lightning. Uh, lightning. No, uh, rain. 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 Because they have this. Guys played by a guy from our town. Yeah, because they have like this ridiculous. I guess whatever the, uh, whatever that magic potion did, it caused Wang to have this this, like, incredible leaping and sort of thing ability, because they sort of it felt like they sort of did not necessarily something like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but ten years earlier, because they, they do this thing where they they, 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 they do, like, these giant leaps next to each other and then they clash swords and then they land and then they jump up again and they do the same thing. They did it like four times. And then... Well, everyone is pretty badass all of a sudden. Which is what the potion was supposed to do, so I... Yeah. It's fun. I just thought it was pretty clever because everyone's always badass in the climaxes of movies for no reason. And this one is like, no, there is a thing. He drank the thing. He's badass. Yeah. Which 
is fine. That's all I need. That's all I want. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it too. It's just like, oh shit, that was, uh, it, it felt a little bit ahead of its time at that point. Because, like I said, it, it felt like crouching, excuse me, felt like crouching tiger, head, and dragon, but 10 or 15 years before that, which was kind of cool. I think they're doing wire work in kung fu movies. Oh yeah, they, they were, definitely. For a long time. They were. But I mean, like, yeah, but like, Crouching Tiger was that movie that it kind of exemplified it, I guess, as opposed to the other ones that just kind of made it look like people were uh, ridiculous badasses. It just. It, I think Crouching Tiger... Oh, I mean, I... Again, I only saw Crouching Tiger once. So... My memory might be completely off on this. But it definitely felt like it was trying to take the whole wire food to, to more of an art form than just sort of a... Um... Yeah, just sort of they, a, an action thing. They left realism behind a while ago in Crouching Tiger, but it was a, uh... It was about the soundtrack, man. That was a good movie. I need to see that again. I, wa- I think I watched it when it first came out and then never watched it again because I didn't like it back then, but I... Imagine I would like it now. I like Hero a little bit better. Um, for yeah, wire food stuff starring Genji specifically. I um, I I know I saw Hero, but I don't remember much about it. So, oh well. That's the one where. They're retelling the same story four times from different people's perspective, but everyone's everything is different color in each one. Which kind of distinguishes it. It's like there's the reddish buildings, everyone's wearing red robes in one versus the Everything's green versus the everything's blue versus the everything's white one. It's just pretty. I'm not sure it's actually that good, but I like it. I might still check it out, because I know I saw it maybe like a year after it came out. I think it's on Netflix right now, actually. It was Jet Li, right? Yeah. Okay. I will look since I'm on Netflix right now. Yeah, I know, I know Crouching Tiger wasn't last century, but thank you. It is. It is still on Netflix. Cool. 
Yeah, I don't see that, because that almost goes pretty fast. Wow, um, that was 2002 that came out. A while ago. <laughs> yeah, movies haven't changed as much in the last 10 years as I think they did in the 10 years before it. Unless you count like superhero stuff. Yeah. Actually, that's probably not true. Unless you count big dumb CGI stuff, because there's battleships and transformers and Avengers now, and it's all sort of the same look. Mm. Anyway, um. <laughs> So there's this fight scene. Everyone's kind of us, including the yellow sashes, yellow turbans. Yeah. They said the bad guys were wearing red turbans, but I guess I don't know what a turban is when it's used as a fashion accessory, because half of them are just wearing like what I thought would be sashes or belts or something, but I guess those are all turbans worn differently. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know. Or, or it was just shorthand when he said they were in turbans. Ah, it's but possible. All the yellow turbans. I forget what they were called already. Uh, wait, which were they the bad guys or the good guys? The good guys. The, the tanks, Chang Sing. Yeah, all the Chang Sing. You don't see any of them lose. Like they're all pretty badass too, but they just don't follow anyone to the next room. Yeah. So, like, I thought they all died, but then none of them died. They're doing fine, they just none of them followed Wang into the skull or, uh, Jack and Gracie into the elevator. Yeah. But after that fight, one of the three Storms is dead. Uh, Lopan is human again because his ass was stabbed. Meow Yen. He's getting attacked by his Gracie. And then just keep Meow Yen as his, like, property wife. Which is gross. Uh, I mean, they're neither of them great things to have happen. <laughs> but then, because Gracie gets away, he has to sacrifice Meow Yen now, after Maria. Well, he didn't, he didn't have to sacrifice her. I think he just said he was going to sacrifice her so that he could get his... I guess, I guess the marriage thing only gave him, uh, gave him his 
corporeality back? No, but he had the magic powers. Never mind. I don't know why he was trying to sacrifice her. Well, because I know he had to do the two things, and that's why he took two wives so he could sacrifice one and keep the other. Oh, okay. Because he had to get married and then sacrifice. But I don't know quite why. Um, yeah, I'm not sure either. But so that's what they escape up to the the office to do. But Jack and Gracie follow him. And I love that they kiss and then Jack has lipstick on for the remaining <laughs> I actually thought I actually thought for a second that he was he had like a nose he had like he had gotten his nose like he broke his nose or something and then I was like no he just kissed her that was lipstick yeah it was it was great cause it just <laughs> it looks it, it doesn't doesn't even look that silly but it's just one of those things that. What happened? Yeah, those movies from what happened. Um, <laughs> so they go out there, there's a confrontation. Uh, Wang fights Thunder? Yes. Wow, Jack fails to kill low pants. He throws a knife, he misses by four feet, which is great. Because there's just that one beat where, like, low pan looks at like, what the fuck? And then Meow Yin also looks at him like, what the fuck? And he what he quotes himself it's like, you know what Jack Burton always says, low pages, who the fuck is Jack Burton? <laughs> <laughs> I love the evil sorcerer who's 2,000 years old and is utterly unimpressed <laughs> yelled out when that happens like oh shit because I was not expecting it A it looks really painful and B don't expect it because like you don't just kill the bad guy right (laughs) exactly 
Is Ali more our face? Like, no, he's mortal. Dumb idea. Yeah, no, I, I, cause I think, I think I actually looked at the time at that point and I thought, oh shit, there's still like 15 minutes left in this movie. I was not expecting the, the, the main bad guy to die that soon. But. I mean, it was, it was getting pretty near the end, but yeah, that was it. Yeah. Uh, I just wasn't expecting him the first time. Of course, I was expecting him this time, but. Yeah. Because. They're. In movies like this, there always needs to be an over-the-top duel or something, and nope. <laughs> Which, you know, is great. Yeah. Uh, then another part that I love but don't understand, uh, Thunder is so ashamed when he sees that his master's died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a thing about this scene. I don't know exactly when. It was probably like nine or ten years ago or something. I saw a video on YouTube. Like when YouTube was basically a new thing. And it was, it was a, it was like a compilation video of, I think it was what it was, said something like funny movie deaths or something like that. And this was one of them. And I never knew what the context was of it until I saw this. <laughs> Yeah, but Actually, there isn't context. Well, no, I no, I mean, I mean, like just just the 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 context of a guy. Well, cause no, cause I mean, he 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 showed that he had the ability to inflate himself earlier in the movie, and I guess he decided to take that to its logical extreme and blow himself up at the end. Because I think he was actually, he wasn't necessarily ashamed that his, it didn't, it, to me at least, seemed like he wasn't ashamed that his master was dead. It seemed more like he was trying to sacrifice himself in order to kill the people who killed his master because that because his explosion collapsed that entire room okay at least that's what it seemed like to me but um yeah the you it's it's something that you have, you honestly have to see. You have to see the effects to really, to believe it, because it is, 
It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, the explosion itself is not impressive, but everything leading up to it is amazing. Yeah, just the... The, the effects... Again, the practical effects... This is why I like those over CGI, because... It looks horrifying what he's doing to himself, but... So gross. Yeah, but it, it just... It's one of those things that will stick in your head forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was great, it was just, it was a weird... It was a weird end to that character. Um, yeah, I love it, but I don't quite get his motivation for it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because there's it, it wasn't a big enough explosion radius to conceivably have killed the guys. Um, yeah, again, I, I think it was, I, I just thought it was, he, he blew himself up because it caved in that entire room, at least it seemed like. Because after, because after he... Oh, that's true, it did, huh? Yeah, because like when they were running out and then... He exploded, and then all of his guts flew out of the room, and then, like, all this other debris came out of the, out of the, uh, the doorway, which to me indicated, like, oh, he collapsed that entire room, okay. so he was trying so to crush that there wasn't a, uh, concussive enough special effects for me to combine the two in my head, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that, that off-screen explosion where they sort of just throw a bunch of stuff in a gentle arc through the window. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it just, it didn't seem like it should have been something that would have been able to destroy the room, but I think that's what they were going for. Maybe. Okay. That's what it seemed no, like to me. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so, back at both up. <laughs> In spectacularly disgusting fashion. It's so cool. <laughs> it's um, amazing. Then they're 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 trying to run there's that way back up the monster dropped through. And I love that Ancient is just up there and they don't <laughs> Like, even addresses his own spikes. Like, how'd you get up there? It wasn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
lightning balls and he's lightning all over the place. <laughs> and then they just drop a giant Buddha statue on him and he's just mm-hmm. crushed to death, which is... <laughs> there's not even a fight for this guy. Just, nope. <laughs> and then they escape basically they just successfully escape and they get onto the bus and they run away um, and that's when they have that sort of crashing back reality thing of you know, all this crazy stuff's been happening and driving really fast well, no wait wait they, they didn't get on the they didn't get on the bus they found his truck, right. and oh, then sorry. they all got on that. Yeah, they find his truck, he's in the garage, sorry. And they do that weird, like, don't you have a spare key? Like, oh. yeah, but it's in the, oh wait, it's right here. <laughs> it's like under the seat, it's like, ah, holds it up. Yeah. And of course, he throws it in reverse, and he backs through it, and well, and um, and what stream says, "Don't you know how to drive this or something?" It's like, yeah, it was. I don't know. I I enjoyed it. That was. That was what, what do they call bobtailing, bobcatting? When you you're just. Driving that immensely powerful cargo dragging engine around without any cargo? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, it, it goes right through the wall, no problem. They're, they're running through uh, Chinatown. And then there's that part that I like so much, which is. <laughs> Control freaks out because they're about to run a red light. They're just all sort of embarrassed in the street because everything's super mundane again. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You're back in the real world, you have to obey traffic signals now. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie's kind of over, right? So they go back to the restaurant again. And this is the. Okay, so. I mentioned earlier, and this is important, that he was paying $6,000 a year in insurance premiums, right? Yeah. Because what happens here is Wang's going to give him his money, which was originally $1,100, it was doubled. Wang gives him triple because he says he's earned it. So he takes this $3,300 and goes crazy. He's like, well, 
Now maybe I should retire. <laughs>
Well, like I said, if she threw on in the first two dozen times I saw it, I'm not going to change my mind. <laughs> well, like I said, I mean, at the beginning, I, I was kind of skeptical about it. And I was thinking, as, like, as magic was getting introduced to it and everything, I was thinking, oh, this movie is gonna... I thought the movie might have taken place over, like, a few months or something where Kurt Russell learns to use magic and all that kind of stuff. But no, I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by what actually happened throughout the movie. And I, I, I really appreciate it for what it was. And like I said, when I, when I kind of stopped thinking critically about it and just started to sit down and enjoy it, I very much enjoyed it a lot more than I probably would have had I kept kind of just critically thinking about it, which you just can't do sometimes. Well, it does, it does do a lot of things right, I think. Oh, yeah, um, no, it definitely does. Like the... I, I love that it sort of undermines or inverts or whatever the, the word that one should use in the scenario is the great white hero thing. Yeah. Like, that was... I think it's legit pretty clever. Oh, yeah. No, it, I, I mean, just the fact that like you said, he's featured on the posters. He's he's listed as the, he's the top build character and everything. Yet he's just but some he's, guy <laughs> who knows nothing about what they're talking about and he, he's not incompetent. But he definitely isn't like, he's just, he's definitely a very everyman kind of guy. Yeah, but it's, it's Wang's movie and just... Yeah. Burton's not focusing on Wang because Burton has to focus on Burton, which yeah. is... <laughs> exactly. Because he needs to get his truck back. So... Let me throw this at you. I keep hearing, I don't know if they're actually, like, what stage moving forward they're, they're on, but I keep hearing they're going to remake this one starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and I wonder what you think of that before I say anything. With, with him in the Jack Burton role, I would have to assume. I think so, yeah. 
I mean... I mean, he... He has some decent acting chops, but I just don't know if he can pull off the kind of character that Jack Burton, that Kurt Russell did as Jack Burton. I feel like... I feel like Jack Burton is a very unique character that nowadays people are just gonna kind of misconstrue and just sort of mangle and I just I I don't know if that would I feel like they might just turn it into a straight up action flick which kind of defeats the purpose yeah if, if, if the rock is the main well sorry you yeah. oh no all I was going to say was if, if they actually try to follow the same kind of tone as the original and they actually I mean like I said The Rock has he has some decent acting jobs I don't know if he's again I haven't seen that many Russell movies but from the couple I've seen uh, he's pretty freaking awesome so I don't know if he's I don't know if he could quite pull off that particular kind of character like Kurt Russell could, but it could be okay, but it just, it really depends on how, um, on the tone of the movie and whether or not they actually decide to sort of stick to the the original formula or if they decide to deviate and turn it into a either a straight action movie or more like slapstick comedy or something like that it just it just depends on a lot of things unfortunately but Initial, initially, I would think I don't think this movie really needs to be remade. But then again, I think that of most things that end up getting remade in the first place, and I don't really see that many movies that get remade. But I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, I don't, um... See, for me, it's, it, it's kind of weird because there's... There's a specific... worry I have, which... is a worry a lot of people have about a lot of movies that is 99% of the time... Well, 
Maybe 96. Everyone's father's well, a good reason for it. But which is 96 percent of the time a ridiculous whiny white guy thing, which is I think Jack Burton needs to be white for this to work. Yeah. Just because I don't know of any big trend of like obnoxious Samoan characters coming in and being and thinking they're the best just because they're Samoan. Yeah. I mean, like, 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 like how it's a rock, and I think he's got the chops to act like the guy who thinks he's great and isn't. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 I think we lose the commentary on the great white savior thing. Yeah, I see what you mean. But I hate saying that because everyone who says you can't make a white character not white is usually an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And usually doesn't have a point. Well, I mean, most of the characters who who they turn white characters into non-white actors are usually those kinds of superheroes anyway. The kinds of, the great white hope kind of characters. So, that part I wouldn't care about. I mean, like, I'm fine with, you know, like, whoever, like Spider-Man being black or Thor being a woman or whatever. Yeah. But... But there's no, there's no, like, running joke in Spider-Man about how he only thinks he's great because he's the white guy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, so I can see how it would sort of lose its, its kind of, one of its main points just by the fact that it's leading its quote lead is not necessarily white I can kind of see where you're coming from and then again like I said I'm not it's not like I'm against diversity or anything it's just the you know, and that's why I'm so hesitant to, to, well, I'm not actually hesitant to bring something brought up right away, but, because, um, <laughs> you know, people were complaining about the same thing in Star Wars and had no points. Like, stormtroopers can be black. Like, fuck you, they can't be black. But, because, and I also don't know how big a part of the movie's appeal this actually is to most people. To me, it was big because 
And Rawls is going to launch as the last Samurai, last Mohicans stuff where the main characters being white doesn't fit and they're great at it for no reason just because they're the white actor. Mm-hmm. So to me, the fact that it was undermining that was a bigger part of why it was amusing than maybe it is for most people. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I agree, I agree, actually. I don't know if it's actually for other people. Yeah, it, it might not be. But then again, I don't know. Because probably not everyone has seen this as many times as you have, I would imagine. And... Yeah, no, I'm very unbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even but I mean, for me, even after having watched it once, I I can see exactly what you mean, and I agree with you about the fact that I enjoy the fact that they kind of turn the whole the whole trope of like you said, the great white savior on its head and of kind of eschewed uh, kind of all of the the, the 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 normal ideas of how the one white guy in this in an entire story can be better than everyone else who's uh who who actually has a backstory that is uh, that that is part of the entire overarching plot? Yeah, I don't and know a couple other little little nods on that page in there, like the. When the yellow turbans come in, he's just like, so these guys speak English? It's like, what the hell, man? (laughs) 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 You know, just... Yeah. It it, it had that... I mean, it was also 86. It wasn't even that gracefully done all the time but it had that thing it kept trying to jab you know yeah and I think you lose some of that because Dwayne The Rock Johnson who's an actor I love mm-hmm. isn't the the typical white molded 80s lead that Kurt Russell <laughs> yeah so uh, greatly channeled that's all that, that's I worry it's going to lose 
that aspect altogether, which made me replace it with something else. Or replace it with something better. I don't know, but I, uh, that's an important aspect of my enjoyment of it. Also, um, James Hong is still alive, mm-hmm. and my opinion of the movie will be much improved if he is still Lopan. <laughs> They get him again, and he's Lopan again. Uh, I'll give it a chance. I need a chance. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's there. There are a ton of variables that we don't really know the answers to yet so it's it's just one of those things that we'll just have to kind of wait and see where they take the the direction because I I don't even know who's is there any kind of information on who's directing it or anything or Cinnablend.com says that well, Dwayne Johnson will star in it. That was one year ago. Don't so John Carpenter would get the proposed remake treatment. Uh, I don't know, actually. I'm going to check IMDb, because it's usually a little more concentrated. Okay. Because, I mean, if if John Carpenter is willing to direct it, then it might still be, it might still be decent. Oh, definitely. Just, well, uh, <laughs> it's in development. Filmmakers, see, writer, producer, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I need to be an IMDb pro member. This is not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone is listening. <laughs> so, I mean, it just. I don't know. I mean. I'm wary of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the. Also, it's not that old, the effects aren't out of date because these practical effects it just seems like I don't know I, I also am less kind to remakes I think a lot of people are just cause yeah no, I, why? I know but I mean I was I was actually just about to bring up the effects too cause 
because you know they're not going to use practical effects in 2016. They do occasionally, but it's very rare. Because I think it's cheaper now to just use CGI. I don't know, though. I don't know anything about movies. But... I... I... Part of the... I think one of the... Part of the big charm about... About this movie is the... Is these practical effects. Like, that's... One of the reasons why I enjoyed the the lightning and the 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 yeti chupacabra and the the, the centipede that appeared for four seconds and just all of the the practical effects just made it. I don't want to say charming, but it definitely made it much... This movie can't really necessarily be realistic, but the practical effects made it more realistic to me. Yeah, there's there's definite... um... Uh, when there's an actual prop there, an actual rubberized fake flesh rubber, like your mind can tell still when something was laid on with a computer, if you really look. Yeah. Um, or at least, usually, yeah. I'm sure I've been fooled before, haven't realized it, but. Yeah, and then, like I said, I mean, like I haven't really watched that many recent movies in the last couple of years, and CGI may have gotten a lot better. Because, like, my, my reference for, like, really obvious bad CGI is, like... Is it Spider-Man Three? I think, which is a which is kind of old at this point. Well, the Sandman looked great now. I thought. Yeah, but like I remember, like the the like the end scene where Spider-Man's fighting Venom. It just looked so fake to me. I just couldn't get over that. But then again, that was... I actually don't know when Spider-Man 3 came out. It was probably like 2005 or something. So, I'm sure CGI has progressed a lot in the last 10 years. But... It still won't necessarily have the same kind of charm that practical effects have. And that's just something that's always going to happen. Have you seen, have you seen, what was the good one I saw recently? The Arrival? 
I don't think so. I actually don't think I've seen much of any... Like, I, I, I'm i trying to think of, like, the most recent... The most recent movie I've seen, and I honestly can't think of it. So it's been a while. Um... Okay, Deadpool I'm gonna recommend. Okay, I've... 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 Heard recommendations for Deadpool a few times. Cause it's it's got some CGI. It actually might have a lot, I'm not even sure. But they some things are clearly fake, like Nua 3D freeze go around zoom in sort of thing. But it's kind of okay that it's fake because the entire thing's shot a little like cartoon anyway. Yeah. And I feel like that works if you're just like, you know what? It's fine. If you actually lean into that, mm-hmm. it can be okay. Versus, like, I also just saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Which is the new, I guess, not quite Harry Potter thing. And that one, by contrast, was really pretty. Like, it did a sort of fantastical. It's a griffin in the skies made out of stars and snow or something. Effects looked really nice, but were nowhere near realistic and only looked bad when overlaid with the real actors otherwise just looked like a really good cartoon sort of thing you know right yeah so that can work yeah I mean contrast with Doctor Strange, which I also saw, because I've seen a lot of movies lately, <laughs> where the, the little things they used to enhance existing things were pretty good. They would do this weird stuff where the entire background would go kaleidoscope and that looks really neat, but really fake, you know? Right, I gotcha. Yeah. I was I was just gonna look something up, but now I forget what it was. It was oh, you rightfully should see that was really well done. Okay, because I because again I was thinking more about again about like CGI and how I mean like I I, I do agree that enhancing effects will definitely help a lot more but then again when I look when I think back then again it's been a while since I've seen it but the three uh, the three Lord of the Rings films 
I thought yeah. CGI very well. Well, yeah, but then, by contrast, did you see any of the, uh, the Hobbit films? I did not. Because I think they're really bad. Um, I feel like I have a lot of people who agree with me on that. I don't think that's super controversial or anything. Uh, yeah, I've, but, I've heard. I've heard they're not. They're not particularly great. Yeah, but like they would. They would use. Like makeup for close by orcs in Lord of the Rings, and then would have crowds of them behind that were CGI or duplicated with CGI or something to help out, you know. Yeah. Um, in the Hobbit. They said, we have the technology, what if all these characters that aren't human are just CGI, and they look bad the moment they're on screen, and keep on looking bad until someone finally kills them, <laughs> um, because they, they did in lieu of the hard work of filmmaking, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't want to say that movie was easy to make or anything, because I'm sure they did a lot of hard work, but a lot of it's cartoon and looks like a cartoon, which is fine for its own movie, but when it's half of the movie, you don't acknowledge it, it's weird. I see. You know? Yeah. Also, I might like an entirely CGI movie. Like, Wally still one of my favorite movies. And that's clearly CGI. That's the whole damn point, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, there were... There was something... I think it was... I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. Was it like a scanner darkly? I think, but that was that was like cell shaded or something. Yeah, like it was, was like cartoonized the whole thing or something. Yeah, like I thought that was cool, but I haven't seen that one actually. I know I saw it. That was a while ago, but I definitely like if it's if if the entire movie is like nothing but CGI, that's fine with me. But if it's like if the CGI is sort of like if it's there for the set pieces and it's there like to include a bunch of characters to interact with human characters it's just kind of weird for me and I just I don't, I, again, like, I haven't seen that many movies over the last, 
I, I should say I haven't seen that many movies that have been released over the last five years. But I don't, so I don't know exactly how well CGI has progressed over the last five or so years. But if it hasn't gotten much better than something like if, if it still looks unrealistic, then it's, it's gonna take me out of, of the moment when I'm watching it. Yeah. I mean, it can be an unrealistic thing that looks realistic, like you know, the weird model of the beholder flying orb guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where clearly this is an impossible thing, but you were seeing an impossible thing that's really there, which is much more jarring, much more interesting than seeing an impossible thing that's not there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure I've been tricked a bunch of times. I'm just not remembering which times those were because they tricked me. But maybe. But I mean, but at even, least for the... Even this... Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, for like the for the really obvious things, like again, I go back to Spider-Man 3. Like that, that final climactic fight between Spider-Man and Venom, like when they're swinging through New York City, it's like, oh god, this is just painful to watch because it's just, it's just all CGI in a movie that purports to have humans in it. And it's just I don't know that 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 one that one really got to me, and I don't know why. Well, even like the A-list ones, like the Avengers two with the Theotrons and the the Fallout disguise. Did you see that one? I, I actually haven't seen any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I know you've told me to watch Iron Man a couple times, and I will watch that one. Like the... There's a, there's a couple of good ones. I've got a relatively short list. Like, there's 15, and there are three that I think are pretty solid, but... Yeah, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind watching the entire the entire series, like the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe from when it picked up and whichever one, if it was Iron Man or one of the Incredible Hulk movies or whichever one was like the first one to sort of kick off the whole, this whole giant story arc and that sort of thing. Cause I think like, it's actually Iron Man. 
but the the Incredible Hulk is actually one of the ones I liked a lot. No one. That was the Edward Norton one, right? Yeah, and then he never got the role again, and they kind of forgot about it. Yeah, I think I kind of like that one, but I don't remember. It's been a while. But, like, I've heard that, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is pretty good. I've heard that from a lot of people. So, I haven't seen it. it is. I agree. Okay. So, but it, it's yeah. But the Avengers two is an example of one where it's a modern movie. It's really high budget, but they do this thing at the end where they're fighting mushroom robots, and it still looks pretty bad because the robots are all CG. Uh, okay. And it's just. Of the individual robots rendered really well. They don't quite fit with human actors, and everything looks kind of weightless because, of course, the human actors are swinging right through something that's not there. Yeah. Um, it does work. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in so too bad. Yeah. So I mean to tie it back into Big Trouble in Little China at least. If if they do end up remaking this and they don't use the kind of practical effects that we've been talking about if they just go like straight CGI with all the effects and everything, I think that's one of the, that might be one of the big turnoffs for me. It might actually keep me from watching it just because the practical effects were such a big part of the original and just for me personally I I prefer them because again CGI when it's especially blatant will tend to take me right out of the moment and kind of ruin a scene for me because it's just it's when it's really it's when it's just so obvious and it's just kind of glaring at me I just that's all I can think about when it's happening so that's why I enjoy the practical effects because even if they're even if they look ridiculous like the beholder thing in Big Trouble in Little China, it's not like I'm gonna suddenly think, oh, this thing's made out of rubber and it's, you know, it's uh, mechanized and all that sort of thing. It's like, oh no, that's a horrifying monster. But that, you know. Yeah, or the one, they 
This remake John Carpenter's The Thing. I actually didn't see a new one, so I can't say whether it was well written or not. But I do know that they use CGI for all the special effects. I've seen some side-by-sides of similar things from, you know, the original John Carpenter's thing versus the new one. Yeah. Which I guess is supposed to be a prequel, not a remake, but it's a remake, you know, so I can tell from the plot. And, like, the one from 30 years ago just looks so much better, which is not how advancement is supposed to work. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's this tendency to do... It's like a video game sometimes. There's this tendency to go with the best, kind of most expensive thing you can at the time instead of making sure you do something a little more primitive that you can do well. Yeah. Um, Which is why so many of the early Polygon games look like trash nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, uh, 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 like Final Fantasy, I think Final Fantasy VI looks a lot better than Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Because, uh, they did, they were really good with 16-bit or 32-bit graphics by that point and knew what they were doing and knew how to make sprites for Willy Boxing and stuff. Yeah. And so it did, even though it was a little bit below their technological capabilities to still master out that stuff. Whereas 7 pushed it to the limit and the background still with me because they're map paintings, but all the characters look like garbage. Yeah. Um, because the fact that they were 3D is not going to continue to entertain for decades. Uh, Whereas, I understand the same thing. Chrome Trigger, which came out around the same time as Final Fantasy VII, looks a lot better than Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Because it's a lovingly crafted bunch of two-dimensional drawings that they were good at, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, that's... I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be like that snobby retro gamer, but just for me, even, even nowadays, a lot of, a lot of like big budget games tend to try to just go for the, the most realistic looking 
graphics as possible when you're talking about like your Call of Duties and that sort of thing. And it just, even though they try to push for realism, it just ends up looking faker to me. I think it just it's just something to do with like the that uncanny valley where there's there's a very small window where CGI looks realistic as opposed to either looking uh, when it's not when it's not realistic enough and it ends up looking kind of weird and ridiculous and if it tries to look too realistic it ends up just being eye-poppingly weird CGI like ob- obvious CGI right all those Robert Zemeckis movies where everyone sort of looks like he's kind of creepy, glassy-eyed, like ghouls. Like, you know, he did, what, he did Beowulf and Polar Express and stuff. Okay, um, I haven't seen any of those, but I mean, I, I remember, I, I think I've saw clips of Polar Express that was that animated one with Tom Hanks or something, right? Yeah. Okay. And they're just they're creepy. Yeah. Um as opposed to like the DreamWorks stuff where they make cartoons and that's fine because it's they're not pushing for the highest uh, bit counter or pixelated or whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't know what it is. But they're just, they're taking a thing they're good at then making it look as good as they can rather than trying to show off the new technology they don't really have a handle on yet. Yeah, they're trying to uh, put, they're trying to push past the bleeding edge all the time and it just ends up looking weird. Yeah. So it just it it would depend and you know, I wouldn't watch or not watch a big trouble of make for the special effects, but I know the thing was very disappointing just visually because here's I can tell I think it was actually just executive meddling they had practical effects good to go and they're like no 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 we, we don't do that we have computers now and it's garbage or Star Wars special editions <laughs> worse than the originals because I, like not even new trilogy like they released special editions yeah 
because now they had computer stuff so they could put in things they couldn't put in 20 years ago and it was cutting edge in like 1996 which means it looks like garbage now Whereas the weird puppets they had still look like weird puppets that are actually there. So you have, like, the Jabba the Hutt palace scene, which looked better in the early 80s than it does in the late 90s because the early 80s had a bunch of rubber creatures and the 90s one has a bunch of rubber creatures and this one horrible CGI cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I ever saw the special edition versions of the original trilogy. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I want to I'm just saying, I don't think I ever have. I can't break it. I mean, if... If you have never seen the Star Wars movie before, there's still some of the best movies out there. No, I... Yeah, I mean, I I watched the original trilogy a couple times at least, and those were fantastic. I mean, I was disappointed and annoyed. Sometimes it was unobtrusive, like they just added windows to shit for no reason. Okay. Every time it's a focus, it's it's worse than the original, which is, again, it's not how improvement is supposed to go. And it's just because people get excited and then set off to accomplish something they can't accomplish and then say they have when it got as good as they could get. Right. Hmm. Uh, none of which has anything to do with Big Trouble in China necessarily. I haven't seen it. I don't know what they're going to do with it. I saw there's an entry for Big Trouble in Little India that was in production. I think that's a different movie, but if they're doing a soft remake that's a similar storyline with a different mythology altogether, that can be cool too, although I think that's a Bollywood version I don't know I'm not saying I'm protesting against it, but I am saying they've had a relatively narrow path to victory for me. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. So, would you recommend this movie to... 
strangers. I would say... Yes. With the caveat that... They don't think about it... In terms of... Someone who is a moviegoer in the 21st century. <laughs> because if you're gonna think of, if you're gonna expect this movie to be like, made like it was made in 2016, you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if you accept the movie for what it is, being a uh, sort of a parody, sort of satire of of um, martial arts movies that was made back in the mid '80s, then you're going to have a good time because like I said I I I, I overthought the, the movie at first and I stopped doing that and I really enjoyed it so as long as you don't try to overanalyze it and just try to think oh they're just doing an action scene now oh they're just speeding an expedition uh, blah 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 mm -hmm. if you don't do that you're going to have a great time and it's going to be a very enjoyable movie and also Kurt Russell is fantastic and James Hong is fantastic <laughs> Yeah, Kurt Russell's fast becoming one of my favorite actors just for the stuff he's willing to do. Yeah. Fast becoming, this was 30 years ago, as I watched <laughs> more and more backlogs of movies I haven't seen before. I am realizing that Kurt Russell might be one of my favorite actors. I'm gonna need to see more of his more of his movies. Like I know I need to see Escape from New York. I know I need to see what other ones of his well I don't know what other I, ones to recommend. I didn't see Escape from LA and it wasn't great, but it was a sequel. So, I, yeah, I, w I was actually looking at his at his filmography, and I didn't realize that Escape from L.A. was made like 15 years after Escape from New York. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't hate it, but it's not good. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like you said, Kurt Russell has a fair backlog, so 
is a fairly large backlog, I should say. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see more of what he has. Because, like I said, the only other... The only other movie of his that I've seen is Death Proof. And I know he has a lot of other great movies out there. And I just need to... Yeah. I gotta get Sean Bournemouth. Um, And The Thing, frankly. Uh, Oh, yeah, of course. Because it's... Red. I would of course recommend Big Trouble in Little China. I love it. Good caveat that the don't view it as a 2016 movie. I think I've seen a lot more 80s movies than you. I don't know if that's accurate, but I think it is. I would I would say it's accurate because I I mean off the top of my head I can think of maybe four or five that I've seen that yeah, are not I like think I, actually, I like them. Uh, sorry, I keep interrupting you, stupid. That's why. No, I was gonna say like I the the four I can think of four off the top of my head and that's Big Trouble, Little China, The Goonies, Crawl, and shows oh, and Flash Gordon. Like I'm sure there are other ones, but and then like the the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi who were which are technically in the 80s, but not in the same sort of vein, I think, that we're talking about. Yeah, but, so. but there's there's the thing in the 80s. I think I like 80s movies as a huge, wide genre. It's not even a genre, but you know, I like that period of people making movies better than now because uh, I feel like this movie would never be made now if it wasn't a remake or a sequel or a best-selling book yeah because it's it's too weird it's a risk it actually was a risk that didn't pay off it, it, it it made less money than it took to make until it became a cult classic later. But uh, there's a bunch of movies like that where um, I'm trying to think about other examples like The Princess Bride. Have you seen that one? Uh, I think I saw it. I think we saw it back in high school and it was part of our English class. But yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't really pay our attention was to dying. it. Just <laughs> let us do yeah, I, I mean, I don't really remember paying attention to it, but I know I saw it at that point. But I don't really remember, like, I don't remember anything about it. 
But again, that's one of those things that I know I should probably, like, watch. Not necessarily in earnest, but I should definitely watch it when I'm actually focusing on it. And then again, not necessarily try to take it too seriously. Yeah, we can do a podcast on that one if you wanted. I would watch it again. I, yeah, um, I'll give it. A, I'll give it another shot. Okay, movies like this or The Princess Bride or um, like Neverending Story. Yeah, I, I saw that when it was new. So like twenty five years ago. Actually, that that's weird. One. I like the sequel a lot better than the first one. But you know, these weird movies with or the Goonies or a dozen others, like movies with odd premises that don't fit too well something else. I think they used to be allowed to just try. Um, Yeah. So there's also a lot more weird flops in the 80s where, like, what the hell is this? But uh, you can find more interesting things, I think, than now. Oh, um, I just remembered another one that I probably that I'm fairly certain was from the '80s that I definitely enjoyed. Sure. A crew bonsai. Yeah. That was fucking amazing. For instance, good example. <laughs> right. Dragon Slayer was a weird one where it was based on nothing. It was just an idea they had. They made this actually pretty bad movie of it, but I liked it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, I, I was actually watching, I was watching a, I haven't watched Twitch in a long time, but I was watching a broadcaster a couple days ago, and he and everyone in the chat were just listing off all these 80s movies that I hadn't seen, and I was like, I should really be writing all of these down. Yeah. And I think I might actually go do that because I can just go and watch the uh, watch the archive and just like write down all the movies that they talk about because they probably listed off thirty movies that were all like that are now cult classics or. You know, things like that, like, things like Big Trouble in Little China, and 
the Goonies and all these other movies that we've been talking about and a bunch more that I don't remember but I know I probably should watch at some point. And some that aren't even I think that good but that are worth watching anyway because they're so weird. Like Quest for Fire 1981 stars Ron Perlman and some guys I don't remember as cavemen looking for fire because their fire went out and they don't actually know how many new ones. Hmm. So they're going across like all of Stone Age Europe or something looking for another tribe that has a fire that they can borrow in torch form take back to their place and no one speaks in the entire movie because they're pre-language. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's and it's actually like I tried to watch it, it's kind of boring, it's really weird, but they were allowed to try it, and I don't think that would happen now. Conan the Barbarian did a remake of it, which is much more safer and much more safer. Uh, much <laughs> significantly more safer. There you go, perfect. But, you know, it was, it, it, it was more formulaic and it didn't have just this weird, a bunch of bodybuilders being mostly quiet and hanging out in a desert thing. And I'm not saying Clump Barbarian was a good movie, because I think objectively it's not. Um, but... What? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just sorry. I'm I'm reiterating everything I say like four times. I'm just saying the same thing over and over again. But they they had a lot more weird tries at something that hadn't been done before. In the 80s, I think. And this is one of them that I think went really well. But we should watch a lot more 80s movies because you're more likely to see something you haven't seen before, even if it's bad. But you know? Fires on Netflix. I put it in my queue. It will, it will bore you, but check it out. Yeah, it's, um, in, it's in the queue now. Alright. And hell, we can review that one if you want to, but it's, it's going to be a short review because it's a long And I just struck the plot to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm still checking out. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look through my Netflix queue because uh, I'm kind of not right now, but I'll look through it later and see like what other kind if I have any other movies from the '80s that I know I need to see at some point. Have you seen Roadhouse? I have not, and that's one of those that I know I've heard a lot about, and I, uh, yeah. When, when I showed Big Trouble Little China to Tony, we had a double feature night, and I was going to show him Big Trouble Little China, he was going to show me... Roadhouse. It, it's it's something. That's <laughs> <laughs> all. I'm not gonna say it's good, but uh, that's a movie. <laughs> it would not be made in 2016. <laughs> Okay, well, that one's not on Netflix, unfortunately, but that's one of those that I'm going to have to add to the ever-growing list of 80s movies that I haven't seen and I know I should at some point. Oh, you know what? Pan's Labyrinth. That Um, one I have seen. Um, It's a modern one, but it's... It, it, it was weird like this one, but it was just, it was overseas, and I think that's why they got to try. And yeah. I, that was, again, that was one of those movies that I saw um, when I was sort of in that sort of weird, sort of snobby phase of disliking movies because I was overthinking them. Because I remember not liking it, but then again, it's been long enough that I would imagine that I would give it... I'd be more than willing to give it another shot. I bet I would enjoy it a lot more the second time around. Oh, that made me cry like a baby. <laughs> Poopy hungry baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember why I didn't like it, but I just I remember I really disliked it when I watched it. But again, like I said, I was probably just in some weird place in my life and it's just like I didn't I didn't like good movies or something. I don't know. But yeah. If anyone's still listening, our recommendation (laughs) to everything we've mentioned so far. Gremlins 1984. You've seen that one? I've seen the second one. I've seen Gremlins 2. The second one is very different from the first one. I like them both. 
I might like the second one better, but it's definitely not a faithful <laughs> The Dark Crystal, a Jim Henson, everyone's a puppet one. Okay, slow down, slow down. I'm looking. I'm looking at Lisa, but actually, you know, I'll, I'll just listen to it later. It's fine. Also, Princess Bride is on. Also, Princess Bride is on Netflix. Oh, dude, check it out. I will. It's it's in the queue. Strongly recommended. Uh, but the Dark Crystals one, Labyrinth's one, Beetlejuice, they would never make Beetlejuice oh, again. I mean, they might that have to one make Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's one of them I have definitely seen. Yeah, that's, I mean, the weird alien ones, like Flight of the Navigator, I liked a lot. They'll probably remake that one, but they would never try it for first time now, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I actually have fun and happy on DVD, I think. I love that when I was a kid. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think I saw that, like, once a long time ago. I would like to see it again. That one might be on Netflix too, actually. I saw that within the last year on Netflix, at least. I'll, I'll quit just risk listing movies, but there, there was a decade where you could try a bunch of shit and see if it took it off. And even expensive movies to like $20 million. And it seems to be over, which is too bad. Yeah. Okay, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is on Netflix. Not, uh, mm-hmm. Excellent Adventure. You know, that one's fun, too. It's not as good, but if you haven't seen it before, Michael, like I kind of remember seeing both of them briefly, like little bits of it, but I don't remember if I saw the entire movies, either of them. Well, Excellent Adventure is the one where they go back in time. Bogus journeys or they go to hell <laughs> and then heaven. <laughs> okay. So so that's that's just accurate. <laughs> 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 Oh god, look at my Netflix queue. I added so much crap into here for some reason. It's gotta be spring cleaning. 
Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, I got to some point where I was like, I'm gonna add in a bunch of really, really, like, shitty, like, the sci-fi channel movies, like, um, like, Avalanche of Sharks, and, Avalanche uh, of Sharks? Yes. It's, it, it's, I'm sorry, it's, it's actually called Avalanche Sharks. In 2014, it's 82 minutes long. Or, or, or Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch these. I am saying you should watch Princess Bride first. Okay, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't also remember why I added these in the first place. Because they're, because half lunch of sharks, I mean. Yeah, or, 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 oh, here's, okay. Zombievers. Actually, that one's on my queue too. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel as bad. Yeah, no, I mean, it's about zombie beavers. <laughs> they can chew through the walls you set up to keep them out. It's terrifying. <laughs> What about Hellraiser? You know, I still haven't seen Hellraiser. I have it in my queue. It's from 1987. I, you know, I like 80s horror movies that go all supernatural, but modern ones, I would see it. Well, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we try Princess Bride since I, I've only seen that the one time and only just sort of. Alright. Yeah, let's do. For whenever we're gonna talk about movies next, which will be soonish, I assume, but who knows. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's call that a plan then. And um, I'm glad you liked my favorite movie. <laughs> Everyone still listening? Check this one out if you haven't before. Although, if you haven't seen it before, I... You should have paused it like two hours ago because it spoiled the entire. <laughs> well, I mean, I still think there are certain things that that uh, that people can can take away from the movie, even if they have listened to this. But yeah, you really should watch the movie before listening to this. Yeah, hopefully, uh, 
hopefully took our, our very first warning of yeah, and if you didn't, then, you know, you can't blame us for it. Yeah, I would still go see it. I mean, I, I want to see it again, actually, just because I know there are details that I missed the first time around. Because that usually happens with me. With movies. So. No, this is one. Princess Bride's one, too, actually, where I think people really like it have seen it 15 or 20 times. I've had a couple movies like that. Princess Bride isn't one of my top favorites, but it's definitely a good one. You might watch. Ghost dog yet? Uh, the one's last one with Forrest Whitaker, right? Yeah. Then yes, I have. It's been a while, so I will see. Got a bunch of ones I want to make people watch that haven't seen before. All right. Uh, to, to those who are listening, thanks for, for listening, and, uh, I, I hope that you enjoyed this, uh, exhaustive look at Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, uh, this review was longer than the movie itself by a fair <laughs> margin. <laughs> well, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. And if you like low pan, I recommend Labyrinth because of Jareth the Goblin King. Uh, actually, no, I don't. That's totally different. I recommend... Bram Stoker's Dracula <laughs> with what's that guy's name? He's great. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Um, is the next low panish next low panist character I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> If you like Jack Burton, consider any fantasy movie from the 80s or 90s and possibly early 2000s. <laughs> but less self aware. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we will uh, talk at you next time, I guess. Take it easy.
brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you'd like to support the show, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all proceeds after hosting costs will go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to Matinee Manatees on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and much more on his website, incompetech.com.